Alrighty guys, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. Today I got Kyle Huber on the pod, which is super exciting. Him and I have been talking for a while, and I've been really blessed to become a part of his network. And so, got him on the pod. We start off by talking a little bit about um, what our life has been like over the past like six months or so since we started talking. Um, and then we talk about his travel experience, because he has a lot of that. And then we dive into some storytelling about his life. I think it's a super beneficial episode. I think it's a super fun episode. Um, I hope you guys laugh. I hope you cry. I hope you find this relatable. I don't know. But um, definitely a good episode, so stay tuned. Thank you for listening if you're here. Um, and then also, I have an announcement in my outro that I'm going to record, so stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, guys, enjoy the episode. Peace. I, I used to drink coffee all the time. Like In the morning, I would wake up and just like roll out of bed into coffee. Um, cause my job gives it to me for free. Mm. Um, and I would just drink that like in the morning. And then when I, when I left work, I would drink another cup. So I was like having two cups a day. And then I decided like, I should probably stop doing this just to see what happens. Cause I would wake up so tired mm. despite how much sleep I got. And so I stopped drinking coffee and it, it was a hard week. But then after that week, like I've been so much more awake in the morning because I'm not like, like craving caffeine, but at the same time, I'm not as like jittery and fast paced as i would be if i was on caffeine so it's it's a double-ended sword to be honest yeah it's um, it's a real drug man it, you got to be careful i want to kind of know like what what's happened since the last time we've spoke on like a podcast it's been months at this point to be honest dude did we did we chat and do our podcast when i was in mexico last fall i no that's when we met the first time we did it when that's i got when back f- I, I think when you got back you were in your apartment that's right. We had our chat. Podcast Dude, I think we just like set up a video call or something and just chatted for like yeah. 40 minutes the first time. Yeah, because you heard the podcast. How did you even come across the pod? Like uh, the Adventure Creator podcast? Yeah, yeah. It was just through Diamond Pistol's uh, Instagram oh, right. story. That's I, just right. remember I, was, I just saw it and was like, I'll listen to this and found you that way. Nice. Um, but yeah, like what, what's happened? Like what's been like some big things or anything at all really that's happened since the last time we spoke? Well, there was a Corona hoax. No, I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> um, no, we, so I went to Mexico with my girlfriend for four months. Um, are we rolling, by the way? We, is this live? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, we're going. Sick. Sick. Yeah, I didn't get the uh, the welcome to the show, which is how I usually do it. So I was like, I don't right, usually um, do intros because I record them separately. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah, I spent four months in Mexico. Uh, really developed a deeper appreciation for the culture. My girlfriend's Mexican. She's from Guadalajara. Got oh, to spend yeah. some time with her family. We lived on uh, a couple minutes from the beach down in a place called Busarias near Puerto Vallarta. Okay. And learned how to surf, uh, improved my, Mexi- my, my Mexican, in- improved my Spanish, yeah. um, which that's a hilarious Freudian slip. But um, other than that, man, we got back to the States, got an apartment in Seattle, first time living in the city. Um, just, been, just been hammering, started a full-time job. So I'm now balancing, doing my own podcast, some side projects along with uh, staying physically fit, getting outdoors and having a job and also just trying to be a good human being to the people in my life. I was just thinking about that recently, like how, how I can yeah. show up in a positive way for all my relationships, family, friends, girlfriend. Yeah. I've heard you talk about that on, on symphony a few times. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely going to talk about travel at some point during this. I've got it in my notes over here just cause definitely a good topic to go, uh, go off on. But as far as like I go, I think oh, what it, it was probably January that we recorded that podcast, right? Was it? I, it seems it's, like ages ago. So much has changed. Um, and it's kind of interesting. I've found that like the, the the biggest changes that have happened since then have been less more like about my music career and more just about like my mental state in like approaching a music career. That's that's changed a ton. Like um, I used to be very kind of like you said, which that's why I laughed was like I'm. I was in this state of mind, just like, I got to find ways to make money. I just got to like money, money, money. I got to just grind, grind, grind all the time. And now I'm like, I'm trying to step back and like, just take the approach of like, what mindset can I bring to this? That's going to be the most efficient instead of just trying to like grind for everything instead, you know? Um, but I, I think just like one of the biggest changes since last time was just my music's gotten a lot better. That's been nice. Just putting in the hours yeah um, dude i see you're consistent with it man i've uh yeah i've been uh i've been trying to do like a track a month i had to like skip a few months for other stuff actually i skipped i skipped this month because i had to finish a beat pack that i've been putting off for ages to send to space mandela i finally spent i finally sent it um he seems pretty excited about it so nice it's, it's pretty cool i know man that's exciting that's exciting i'm wondering what's gonna come of that D- yeah he's like he, he like wows me in so many different ways he's like one of those people that's just like 
he's not trying to rush a single thing. He knows he's good, but he's like not trying to rush it to the top because he knows if he's just like super duper patient, he's just gonna like cruise on like to the top, and you can see it coming too. Yeah, <laughs> super cool. That's cool hearing that from you because I mean, he, to me, he sounds super talented and his stuff's incredible. Yeah. But for you to be in the industry and also thinking, yeah, that, definitely, it's awesome. yeah, yeah, check him out, Space um, Mandela. But uh, and then I another thing, a big change that's happened since last time is when when we were talking, I was really prioritizing like putting out content and um, kind of just building a brand that way. Um, but I kind of I recently had this weird like change of mindset where I thought maybe maybe content isn't as good as an idea as just making like solid connections are. And so I saw I stopped posting and just started like trying to find cool guests for this podcast, but then also just like DMing. Um, artists who are a little bit bigger than me to just like talk to them about stuff, not like ask anything, I, just to talk. Um, and like I did a Zoom call with someone who signed a Marshmallows label. One of my one of my biggest inspirations followed me on SoundCloud the other day, actually. And so I feel like that's been like that's been propelling me forward a lot faster than just posting content that I'm not even too confident with. Um, and so that yeah, that's dude. definitely changed a lot on my end. But um, yeah, man, I'm glad to hear a lot has changed for you. Um, Symphony, I want to talk about that for a second. That looks like it's really starting to like come together with like the uh, the clubhouse stuff, and then you guys are super consistent with the podcast. Oof. I'm kind of curious to like, aside from the podcast and the stuff you guys are doing like on Clubhouse, what is like kind of the end goal with Symphony? We want to be able to package and sell information as well as be a platform for creators, um, people who want to create their own courses or music or writing. We we hopefully in the long run it'll be a place where like people want to be featured. Um, and it's essentially, it was born out of this idea that there needs to be some type of, uh, whether it's a storytelling platform or just an information platform in between all the brands of Shreddable, Shroomy, Root Strength, yeah. uh, with some of the other entrepreneurs, Matthew Callens, who you've had on your show, Roddy Hansen. So they had this idea of like, okay, how do we, how do we just have like a different organization that educates people in the same general areas as the products that we're creating because yeah. you don't want to be trying to educate your consumer as you're selling them something it's more about mm -hmm. like we're just trying to put good stuff good stuff out in the universe through symphony and it's still really a passion project but down the road it would be awesome to turn it into something that's profitable and um, provides value as well that's kind of yeah, definitely. I remember on the clubhouse, you were talking about how someday you wanted to have like full on like symphony retreats somewhere where like you'd bring a whole bunch of people together and just kind of do that all in person. That seemed yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I think, man, I think this last year and a half taught me how much being in person with other human beings matters, especially for just building connection. Like we mm -hmm. know each other through the internet, but I feel like if we hung out once or twice, like we'd have a completely different relationship. Yeah, I agree. Each other. Um, yeah, it's funny. I've definitely like I've realized that a lot more now that like where where I'm at, basically no one's requiring masks anymore, and it's just like it's kind of weird that like I've kind I've like adapted to everything so so much faster than I thought I was going to just because like I'm so used to it. But um, so you're, you're I've keeping been, the mask on those. even though they say you can take it off. You're one of those. Uh, you're oh no 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 no! I, I, <laughs> I'm not one of those people at all. Actually, as soon as they said I didn't have to, I was like, finally, it's about time. Thank but you. um, yeah, definitely, I'm I'm. I'm craving those in-person connections because I, I have made a lot of like online connections through this podcast and I just, I wish I could just like get some in-person ones under my belt. Um, but while we're, while we're on the kind of the topic of symphony and Matt, I want to talk about like the Kickstarter that Matt started. No doubt. That seems so cool. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of seems like he was talking to me on, on the podcast about like how he wanted something to kind of like be the bottle cap or just like scoop everything up into a big net, like everything he's doing. Is that what Arete is? Yes. Yes, exactly okay. right. So That's they sweet. were they started Shreddables. Roddy and Matthew started Shreddables, I think three years ago, um, basically just as its own brand by itself. They built that up, sold it to a publicly traded company for mm -hmm. several million dollars. I'm not exactly sure how much, but the story goes, and it's on, I think, episodes 23 and 25 on Adventure Creator Podcast, if anyone's interested mm -hmm. in like hearing in detail them talk about this crazy roller coaster because the company that purchased them ended up not living up to their end of the contract. So they didn't invest, yeah. they didn't create any bars. And so they had to take the company back, give their salaries, give their cash buyouts back to the company that acquired them and literally start from scratch and build it again. And so in that process, they've been reaching out to a lot of venture capital people looking for investment from angel investors and things like that, um, which is a whole new world and something that I'm interested in, like just knowing more about how do you get something off the ground? Like you need capital to do it. And so they're, 
they're in the process of looking for VC or angel money. But in the meantime, they're using the Kickstarter to just like kind of put some fuel behind the stuff that they've built already. And like, mm-hmm. I think almost hundred percent of those funds from the Kickstarter go straight into advertising Shroomy and Shreddables, which yeah. returns more money back on the other end. So they're giving discounts out to people that they can like support the, the different brands and help them grow. Um, and we're trying to mm-hmm. kind of do some creative stuff like, um, I want to connect the dots between something you just said, because I think it's super wise. And generally I've just been really impressed with your level of thinking, despite your young age, Mr. Brian. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like around your mindset on the stuff that you're doing, like reaching out to people and asking and actually asking them like, Hey, can I interview you for my podcast or, you Mm -hmm. know, just building those connections and actually hearing yes is something that's pretty cool. So, um, I've been trying to help out a little bit on the shreddables and shroomy stuff and just kind of like get my feet wet in the entrepreneurial world without necessarily starting something yeah. on my own. So it's been a cool opportunity to learn from guys that have kind of driven the course for a little bit longer and no idea what I'm saying at this point. But yeah, that's Oh no, no, I'm following, man. <laughs> so are you where do you have like a role in those companies at all? Like, do you do something for them? Do you even like work for them do, or do you like take pictures or do videos? Cause I saw you were in the ad at one point. Right. I mean, I'm a small part-time, or part-time, small uh, owner in the business. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. I, uh, when we do grow, I think I'll be kind of on the creative direction side of things um, with Shreddables probably specifically. But uh, there's a team of like five of us mostly. Um, there's there's a few others that are kind of in the orbit, but um, it's pretty cool what you can do with just a small team of dedicated people. Like yeah. we, have an, we have an accounting guy. We have another guy who does content who's super talented. His name's Byron Manzo. Works for a company called Soundbox, which is like the world's largest largest Bluetooth speaker. My, my oh, wow. <laughs> Danish company. Um, and then Matthew and Roddy and I. So like the five of us literally handle everything that the company needs. And uh, I'm a little bit more on the outskirts, but um, doing the podcast with Matthew, creating content on the side, a lot of user-generated content. Like... Yeah. Giving, giving the bars out to friends and literally just taking photos in the mountains. It's been like that stuff's super valuable. So kind of just trying to help out where I can um, and learn where I can as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it is super cool to kind of see everything like coming together in a way, just like, you know, I, I, I think I, I found you months ago and even just like the time since then I've, I've been able to see like so much stuff happen and kind of just like be able to picture like what this is probably going to look like in a long time. Um, and then what you were, what you guys were talking about on the podcast, you guys just put out for symphony with Roddy about like, um, I forget the term you used, but like building connections, tap rooting. That's what, it, yeah. Tap rooting. That's so, that's so funny. Cause I like once, once I heard Roddy say that, I started to realize like, oh my God, like I've accidentally been doing that. Like, like meeting you and then <laughs> meeting, the and then meeting spaceman. And like, I yeah. was like, whoa, like, this was literally happening. Yeah, dude. And it's like fun. It's not like a, it's not a chore. So explain kind yeah. of what your understanding is of that concept. Yeah. So I think I've always kind of thought about it, but I think that I think, I think Roddy kind of put that into really good terms where basically I've always just been like in, in business school, the mentality they kind of taught me was just like, or at least when I was in business school was just like, you're, you're going to meet people and your goal is to just get what you want out of them. And just like, you're, you're there for business and you're there to like, to be strict and get your end of the deal. And I feel like the actuality is your goal should just be to like be friends with someone and just collaborate and like not not necessarily like have a deal or like be super businessy about it but just like if the, if you become friends with someone you're going to you're going to kind of naturally want to collaborate in a little in like a way and so that's kind of that's the approach i've had and i think i think it's been working pretty well and it's it's super like when roddy when roddy was talking about that it definitely just like made me reflect on all of you know the the networking i've been doing and i was kind of just like whoa like Dude, really isn't it way it. easier to network when you actually are doing something that you're interested in and passionate yeah, about? Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, like, totally. Like if, if I was doing this for like, if I was like hired by a company to like run networking or something, I don't know what companies do, but um, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it because I'm not super passionate about it. But like now that I'm like doing something that's, that's, that's something that I'm passionate about, it's way more easy for me to network because it's like the people, the people that I'm kind of like adding to my circle are people, people who are kind of doing something similar. And so it's just more relatable in a way. Totally dude. Totally. So what are some of the things that that you've had on your podcast? Um, what are the, some of the things that you like to talk about? Just on this podcast? Yeah. I think just like in general, um, I like just doing like interviews where I just break down people's past and then what they're doing and then how they got to the, like the point that they're at. Like I, I, um, I had a, 
a mixing engineer from Seattle actually on my podcast. And he just talked about like his, his story name? and like, say again. So what's his name? Uh, his name is Sendai Mike. Okay. Um, and he, he just talked about like his story about how he was younger and then how he found music and then eventually how he built a whole career off of it. So it's just super cool to hear stories like that. And like having Matt on, I think just the storytelling aspect is what I like most about having a podcast like this. Cause it's just cool to hear like people's different paths and how you can relate to them. Um, Dude, and I'm also like, I've always, stories if you're ready for them, I, I got, Oh them. yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I've got some fun questions down here, but um, yeah, I think just the storytelling aspect is what I like most about doing podcasts like these. Um, and it's all, I, I want to, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go, go, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just think, uh, I remember when I proposed the idea to you, cause I knew you were so articulate and interested mm-hmm. in what we were talking about. You had like a couple really good questions for me. And I was like, dude, you should just start your own podcast and shot that <laughs> idea down. I don't, I don't have time for a podcast and this and that. I was like, man, do it every other week or whatever. And so it seems like that's what you're doing. Like not putting too much pressure on yourself, just using it for yeah. fun. That's key, yeah, definitely man. for Keeping sure. For I fun. was, I wanted like just a creative outlet to do something like this because I knew in like in three years when like I'm in a totally different place, it would be nice to have like a fully developed podcast and be good at it. And dude, honestly, like my life has changed so much because of this podcast and it's not even like that big a deal. It's just like talking for an hour, mm-hmm. like strengthens your your speech capabilities and your charisma and like, I, like having conversations with people at work and just like like girls or something just like it's so much easier to talk to people just because like I've, i talk for an hour to myself sometimes and so I, I think honestly like that's another great way that this podcast has helped me and so yeah man that's pretty cool man yeah i think it's i i'm uncomfortable every time i start a podcast part of me is just like yeah i've done a hundred or more of these now and i'm like I'm a little nervous. I don't know if I'm something yeah. I say is going to be dumb or if I'm going to stutter a ton or if I'm going to have to edit or something. And I'm you just get into way, it. Bro. <laughs> yeah. And then you get into it and it's fun every time you leave excited, inspired. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the things where it's like, you don't want to do it, but once you do it, it's awesome. Like working yeah. out, like going and riding your bike up a mountain, for example, like it sucks when you're in the parking lot and you're looking up the hill and you're like, fuck man, I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. riding for another hour grinding my ass is going to hurt then you get up there and that feeling just overrides any you completely forget about the suffering that you went through Mm -hmm. Um, and i I do think that there's something to be said about like just putting in the work on a daily basis like regardless of the outcome and just being doing it for the sake of doing it i think is is key if if you're doing a podcast or whatever type of art if you're making music for the wrong reasons it's going to catch up to you you're going to you're going to run out of juice when times get hard so yeah trying to do things that are productive move the needle in the right way and you enjoy has been kind of the sweet spot for me in the last couple of years yeah definitely bro you just got to start sometimes man once you start you're just like all right this is cool this is fun totally um, but dude i want to i want to talk about travel for like a little bit because i know cool. you have a lot of experience with that um i i just went to florida recently and i i had not traveled like outside of honestly new england since like 2019 before covid okay and so when i was there it kind of just like re-sparked my my love for it and i was like i gotta like prioritize this and do this a lot more and so i remember we we were talking once i think it was after i listened to the guatemala episode on symphony and you talked about like uh like finding ways to travel cheaply mm-hmm. and i feel like i've just always mentally associated like cheap travel with like a low quality vacation Mm-hmm. Is is there a correlation between those two things, or do you think like there's actually like good ways to travel cheap and still like get like a like a, a high quality vacation? And do you know do you know what I'm saying? Hundred percent, dude. I think there's a lie. There's a there's a myth about what a high quality vacation looks like. Yeah. And when you're someone like me, and sounds like you, Matthew, um, the the most rich and impactful experiences that I've had traveling have been. When you meet someone, you don't pay for anything. You just kind of like meet someone on the beach or on the trail and they take you somewhere and bring you into their home. Or, um, you know, I went to Nepal a year and a half, two years ago now. Um, and like that was, you know, I'm, I'm the whole trip costs like I was there for like 21 days in Nepal and then 12 days in Thailand. I spent like four grand or something like that, which is, it's a lot of money, but yeah. almost as, almost as much as I would spend here in Seattle just living. So yeah. give, me, give me one sec here. My, my doctor's calling me and I've got an injury on my finger. I have to get an appointment set up. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Dude, I fucked up my finger. What happened? I'm curious. Um, I was bouldering, I think. Like I was climbing at the bouldering gym and I just got home and my my key was like around my finger and I like couldn't get my, my key ring was stuck on my finger. 
And I was like, oh. why is my finger so fat? And I looked at my, my index finger here and it was like super swollen, like oh, no yeah. idea how it happened. Um, it's like four days ago. It's like very painful. I think I might've like torn a ligament or a tendon off the end of my finger potentially. I'm not really sure. How? Um, so Jeez, yeah, I did. I did that when I was little. I, I put a bunch of silly bands around my finger and then fell asleep. And then I woke up in the morning and it was like a balloon. I was like, no. Dude, that's funny. That's funny. So where, where were we? Because I was talking. We were, we, were, we were talking about travel and how. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You went to Nepal. Dude, I just think that you can decide how you want to travel. My goal for traveling usually. Look, I was in L.A. Uh, in Venice eating nice at a, eating nice restaurants and staying mm. at a hotel two weeks ago. So I don't know who I am to talk. But for the most part, travel is an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for experience to see new cultures. That's why I travel. That's why I love going yeah. to Mexico. And I like to spend longer periods of time in a certain place because I really feel like you can't get a true experience you can't really know what it's like to live in a place or to be in a place if you're just passing through. Like if you're yeah, always hustling to yeah. the next day. If you're if you're in Hawaii for a week, it's like you're trying to get it in every single day. And when you're in Mexico for four months, it's like, hey, I've got work to do today for sunset tonight. We're going to go for a surf sesh. We're going to like really experience yeah. what it would be like to live there as a local. And I think that is even a more rich um, and kind of like powerful experience for personal growth than uh say like going to do a mission trip in tijuana for a week and it's like awesome that people do that stuff but i really um yeah man in my own life i want to spend more time in places and so to do that you need to spend less money per day right it just comes it's just mm -hmm. a math equation if you go for a week to california you're going to spend the same amount of money as if you go to mexico for a month it's just kind of general bar ballpark numbers but it's true like yeah. you can you can pick locations, you can get cheaper flights, you can plan ahead of time. Um, been fortunate to have like a relatively flexible job, which is super mm -hmm. helpful. I think it's a big factor for a lot of people is just being able to take the time off work. It's usually the biggest constriction constrictor for most people um, is just being able to have the time. So most people at a certain point in your 20s, you're going to be able to afford like a basic vacation. But the question is, can you take the time away from work? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a lot of value in treating travel less as like vacation time and more just like time to learn something new and just like get away from where you usually something. are. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, totally. like I, I feel like I like maybe it's a young person thing, but maybe maybe it's not a young person thing. I feel like I just have this urge just to just like do exactly that and just experience something completely like radically new. Like I've always dreamed of like going to Japan for like a month. Do it, just man. like living in Tokyo and like I've researched so many ways like there's like pods you can live in that are like two dollars a night or something and there's like all these like weird ways to like live there really really cheap and just, you can like, work yeah cool you can you can totally do it man I, in my travels I've met so many people who just go to a place work on a farm or in a person's house or something yeah. and they get free time there's um, there's a website, I forget what it's called work away or something like that. But yeah, there's a ton of things you can do. And I think generally like reach out to the people in your own network and be like, who knows someone in Paris? If you want to go to yeah. Paris or Japan, like I know someone in Tokyo, I could connect you to him if you ever <laughs> wanted to visit and he could be like, yo, don't rent the car from there. Like save some money over here. Or like, yeah, utilizing your network is another way to make things cheaper. And, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, there's a lot of kind of like, I don't know, jealousy is the right word, but like if you're posting on Instagram, like you travel a few times a year and everyone else is looking at it like, oh, look at their traveling and it seems glamorous, but what you don't see is like the hard work and the hours that it took to sacrifice mm -hmm. to get to, to that experience. So yeah. um, I just think it's okay not to travel. Like I'll go through longer periods of time where I don't go on any trips and it doesn't like eat me up or anything like that. But when mm -hmm. I do get the opportunity, I like to soak it up and not bring my stresses with me. I like to use it as an opportunity to reset habits, lay off the weed for a couple of weeks, maybe is a good, <laughs> good idea. Um, yeah. don't drink so much, like just kind of like use it to, to reset, um, mm. in that way. So. Yeah, All right. Got, we we got to talk about Nepal, bro. You, you brought that up. I really want to know like, so why, why were you in Nepal? Dude. So, so I haven't really told much of like this overall story of like how I even got to where I'm at professionally and what I'm doing with film and photography, but do we need to know that first? Basically all you need to know is that I got connected to a guide in Nepal through a film I was working on. And I was okay. always kind of like, I want to go see those biggest mountains in the world. I want to go see the Himalayas. 
this guy, we were making this film about this guy named Tony Foster, who's a, a watercolor painter, British English watercolor painter. And we were in Utah and it was the last day of the trip. And I was like, Hey, I want to go to Nepal. And he said, well, let me introduce you to my, my guide, Nawang. And so I got connected directly with Nawang and I literally sent him two emails. I was like, I just want to go to see Nepal. I want to, you know, whatever trip you have planned, send me the itinerary and let's do it. He sent me the itinerary. We made it happen. I did zero preparation. I, you know, I, I read a little bit, I'd seen films and stuff on like mountain climbing in Nepal, but I had no idea what to expect. Dude, you show up in Kathmandu and you wouldn't even, you're like white knuckling the the back of the taxi cab. You're sweating because there's no street lanes. Like it's just cars and even like donkeys (laughs) and cows, like everything. People are honking at each other. There's like, there's cars like four inches away from you as you're making a turn going like 20 miles an hour. And you're like looking at some other guy and he's six inches to your right. And it was a big shock. Um, But I went there just, I, I went there really with the goal of like, resetting. I just remember being kind of like, I was hustling so hard editing all the time. And I just wanted to like, just relax, kind of like get back into a good mindset and actually the opposite happened. So I got strep throat right before I went on the trip. And my my doctor was like, take this antibiotics, go to Nepal. You can't miss this trip. So just take the medicine and go. And I I fucking hate antibiotics, but you got to do what you got to do. You got strep Mm. throat. Um, so I go and we're up, you know, we're for at least a week, we're above like 12,000, 13,000 feet. And so I had some pretty rough nights. I was like sick and elevation was hitting me. And, uh, yeah, turns out I had mono. So I got a oh like, my God. pretty bad case of mono on this trip, um, came back home and the goal of like being mentally kind of like clear and chill and reset the exact opposite happened. Like oh I, had, I had zero energy. I was sleeping like 13, 14 hours a day. I could barely even get out of bed. I was questioning my, my existence, why I want to be an editor, why I want to do anything. And I just like literally, it's kind of just a, a crazy thing for the exact opposite expectation to, to actually happen. Yeah. Um, but I learned like that was really the wake up call for me of like, you can't burn the wick at both ends for too long. You can't work too hard. You need to sleep. Even if you think you're being productive, it's going to come back and haunt you and bite you in the ass. Yeah, so, man. Um, Nepal was awesome, man. I, I, um, to kind of tie the knot on that, I was able to be super present in the moment and not have to make any decisions on where we were staying, which, which place we were going to eat lunch or whatever. Like my guide literally handled all of that. And I was just, I was able to just like take in the experience, um, as it was. And so time slowed down. I made a video about it. If anyone's interested, like a six minute vlog about Nepal slowing down time because I just turned 25 and I was kind of being aware of like, my ephemeral nature, my mortal nature on this earth. And one month in Nepal with like being completely present every day, it felt like three months in Seattle. Like it's, it's, it was really crazy. And so I really started to reflect about how people experience time differently based on the activities they're doing based on the mindset that they have. Uh, yeah, maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Like time slows down a little bit when you're doing stuff that you're excited about. Definitely. Absolutely. It's, it, it is funny how like I'll go to work. And the time will just be like so fast. Like I'll, I'll, I'll blink and two o'clock will be around and my shift will be over. And it's not like I'm having fun. Like everyone, everyone says time flies when you're having fun. Mm. Not always. Like sometimes you're just like doing something. You're just occupied. And so you look up and it's, the time has gone by fast. And then as soon as I get home and I like get into a project, it's like, like you said, man, time just slows and you're just like super in the moment. Cause like when you're, when you're editing something, if you're editing anything, it's just like one little edit after another. And it's like, it's like the seconds are just going by so slow, but um, <laughs> and then sometimes sometimes it can go by fast. But like, I think you kind of sometimes I think sometimes you have to make an effort to try to slow down time. Like you have to kind of put yourself in a specific mindset. Like if I if I go into like a project file when I'm when I'm working on music and I'm not like in a good mood or something, then it kind of goes by fast. And I don't feel productive. But like if I spend like an hour just like, okay, I'm gonna work on this song. This is my goal by the end of it. Like, this is what needs this is this is what needs to happen within the hour and it's like i just have this hour that just it just burns like really slowly and it's really nice um and then yeah man like I, whenever I, whenever i travel anywhere time definitely definitely slows down a lot like a week seems like some some like big long like vacation or when like at home mm-hmm. a week goes by so quickly it's it unbelievable sure did. Sure did. um but yeah man definitely like just traveling somewhere else always, always like kind of switches up the gears. Yeah. I sure. think also like, I mean, we don't have to talk about travel the whole time because 
I, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, I've been, I've had some, some crazy ups and downs that I'd like to share, um, at some point, but mm-hmm. being in Mexico, it was so, I don't know, man, like we're told, like what I love to see is when something that I'm experiencing with my own eyes is different than from what I've been told through school, through media, through Hollywood. And like, we're told in the media in the U S Mexico is this like nasty, dirty country with shitty people and whatever. And like Mm. you go there and they're so freaking nice, warm people, amazing food, rich culture, rich outdoor things to do. Like I just, I, uh, I love being able to like come back and have a different perspective than like the mainstream kind of like sheet perspective of like, I don't like Mexicans. And like, I've been dating a Mexican and Mm. (laughs) there's like, they're awesome people, dude. Like they're really hardworking. Like they just want to like help out. And so, yeah, definitely. uh, what's cool is you can like kind of disconnect from the matrix a little bit by going and like seeing something firsthand and being able to make your own observations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I got kicked out of college and I've been in jail twice. So like for 26 years old, <laughs> um, like I, I have had some major, major failures. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, man, I'm talking to this 19 year old Brian, you know, excited, inspired kid, but man, like you're going to have some of these down times that just yeah, suck, man. you know? Um, yeah, and so that's, I've learned more through those, those experiences of failure than, than any of the travels or the the college classes or something like that. So I don't know which one you want to hear about. You want to hear about Dude, going to yeah, jail or getting was, kicked out of college? That was coming down on my list here. We got to talk about college first. Um, <laughs> okay. I know we talked about it a little bit the first time we talked uh-huh. um, and like you told me kind of like the brief story, but I am kind of curious to just like really go in and talk about like how you dealt with like that down. Cause I know like for a fact, like if that, I'm not trying to put you under or anything, but if that had yeah. happened to me, my parents would have like ripped me through, bro. Like they would have yeah. killed me. <laughs> that would have been it. Totally, dude. But like, I d- definitely like the mental side of that must've been super hard. So yeah, dude, talk about that whole experience, bro. So yeah, I guess the backstory is growing up, my dad went to Notre Dame in Indiana. So it was a big family, you know, just, it was a tradition in the family. Uh, we were big football fans, uh, always rooted for Notre Dame. Like when the football team's on, we're watching as a family and, went there a few times for games, um, out in South Bend growing up. So it was just like, I, even in high school, I had this little postcard on my whiteboard in my room that said nowhere else, but Notre Dame or something like that. It was like, welcome yeah. home, nowhere else, but Notre Dame. It's like this idea that Notre Dame is your home. It's like a very family, like I think more legacy students go to Notre Dame than just about any other college. And to be honest with you, the fact my dad went there for sure helped me get into the, to the college. Um, pretty difficult school when I was a little bit of a fucker. I had decent grades in high school, but yeah, didn't probably deserve to get in um, to what was at the time the best business school in the country. Allegedly. Oh, wow. Um, so I go in there and immediately I'm like, this is, I'm stuck for four years. Like what the hell have I done with my life? We're singing songs and doing these like summer camp things as like freshman orientation stuff. And I was like, this is not <laughs> like what I signed up for at all. So you this hated is, it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hated it, dude. Like singing to girls and stuff. And like, Oh man, I just want to like go to the gym and just like play some video <laughs> games, you know? So it took me about like a year to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to stick it out out here. I developed some really good friendships, uh, signed the lease for my senior year. So I was going to do four years out there. Um, you know, the thing about Mm -hmm. Indiana is that there's no cannabis out there. If you do want cannabis, it's really low quality, nasty stuff, super expensive. Mm -hmm. So I would, uh, ship it out from Seattle. I would literally go home, ship a bunch out to myself or maybe someone else would help me. Uh, anyways, I would get, I would get (laughs) cannabis out there in Indiana and I did it all through college, like since freshman year. Um, And yeah, my last semester, right before I was going to go home, um, right before I was going to graduate that, that last couple months, I shipped a package out Monday cops showed up at my door and they said, holding the package of weed. And I'm in Indiana in a place where like, I'm like, this is, this is not good. So, um, they basically gave me an ultimatum. They said, we, you can, you can let us open the weed wool or the package. We know there's weed in it because they can already smell it. They had like stabbed stab the package with a knife or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And we'll open it up and destroy it. And you'll never hear about this again, or you can use like, you can utilize your right to search and seizure and you can deny us the ability to open it. We'll open up an investigation. We'll tell the police chief and you're going to be looking at like potentially years in jail, like straight up. So I'm, I'm like, I'm actually like more scared about going to jail than getting kicked out of college throughout this entire thing. That's fair. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it was like, kept it in perspective that way. I guess I didn't like freak out as much, but it was coinciding. This entire experience was coinciding with me coming to the understanding of like this growth mindset, this general conversation that we're having about like, what can we do to live a good life, improve ourselves as human beings? The concept of growing through challenges was new to me at that time. And I applied that concept directly to what I was experiencing. I would use positive self-talk. Literally, I'd be in my room talking to myself. It's going to be okay. You're going to grow through this. This fucking sucks. But that's amazing. Bro. Five that's years so from good. now, dude, I'm telling you, I knew in the moment that right now when I'm talking to you five years later, that I would be able to look back and laugh on it. And it would be like a, a really positive thing, which it now is. And that's great, man. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, it's it. Um, yeah, if I could share that that understanding with anybody, that'd be huge. Because we're all going to face these major failures, whether it's shipping weed to yourself or fucking cheating on somebody or just doing something stupid that you never should have fucking done. Um, and what I always say is like, look, dude, shipping weed—is it unethical? No, it's not. It's like illegal, sure, yeah, but it didn't hurt anybody. I wasn't doing anything wrong, so I don't feel any ashamed. Like I don't feel ashamed for that decision at all. So when I say it was a bad decision, it's more of just like it was a decision that didn't fit into this, uh, paradigm that we, that we live yeah. in. But anyways, dude, so, I, I love sharing that story. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So I, I heard something once that was like, if, if it's not going to affect you in five years, don't worry about it for five more minutes. And I like, I, I have like listened to that so many times in my head, just like during hard times, but yeah, dude, I can relate to that on so many levels. Well, just the, the mental concept anyways, of just like, just just acknowledging that there's some stuff that you're just going to look back and laugh on. And I've had experiences where like when I was really little, this is such a funny story. When I was really little, I, I played this game called Clash of Clans. Oh, yeah, I know. it. And I basically used my dad's credit card to buy like $200 worth of like the gems or whatever. I know. I remember just like in the moment, I was just so depressed about it. And I was like, someday, someday <laughs> this won't matter. And then here we are. And like I just look back on it and laugh. But yeah, that's such like a great concept that I feel like everyone, Dude. everyone should try to relate to. Um, so I'm, hard to I'm do I'm kind of curious why did, so why did they kick you out for this? Like why would, I mean, they, it was the amount I think was the issue. I think if okay. it, was a, it was a smaller amount, uh, probably could have talked my way out of it. I had actually just been rear-ended by a drunk driver in November. And so I had a major spine injury that was like almost as bad, almost so bad that I didn't go back to college that semester, but I was like, oh, fuck, no, I'm, wow. I'm so close to being done. I was in like pretty excruciating pain couldn't really sit at a desk for like six months. So I would have yeah. had to like, kind of, I did kind of like grind out that last couple months there just because I was like barely even physically able to go to class and also getting kicked out. So I would, I would go through these like multiple hour long hearings with these, look, no offense, but like the, the average weight of the people in the, um, like the administrator's office was like 345 pounds. Like, <laughs> dude, these people were like, it was three people, but it was more like six. And so like, I was trying to, I was trying to tell them about how I started the health and fitness club and I believe in health and I'm using cannabis to oh, no. dude, straight up. I, I explained them this whole story about how I use cannabis medicinally, which I fucking do. So yeah, it's yeah, not man. like, it's not like a party drug for me. It's something that since I was 18 years old, I had a medical card when I was 18 here in Seattle. And so I understand kind of like the the medicinal benefits of it. And more personal, pain. yeah. Yeah, dude. I had this serious injury and I was trying to explain to them how I was cooking it into coconut oil so that I could have edibles and deal with the pain without uh, going down the the narcotic route. So that was my story. They didn't buy that it. That seems like a, a good argument. They didn't buy it for a second, I'll tell you that. Oh they my just, God. They basically laughed me out of the room. And uh, I remember, dude, and we'll, we'll move on after this, but... This guy, uh, he looked at me when he kicked me out and he said, like, we made the decision or whatever. He said, I didn't sleep last night. I was so, I was so, you know, I was up all night worried about this decision. Cause like for him, he's like, basically what, he, what they're doing is saying, uh, you're not going to do well in life. Like, that's what they're trying to tell you. Like they're saying, you're not going to graduate from this school. And this school is going to be key to your success as a human being as uh, in, a, in a professional way. So they're basically just saying like, we're going to exile you from your, from our community because we think you're a bad human being. That's what they told me. And I looked him back. I'm not trying to brag or like be cool yeah. or anything. Like I literally looked at him, no emotions. I just said, it's unfortunate. Notre Dame's not going to be a part of my future success. That's it. And I walked out of there. One of my buddies was also going to get in trouble and potentially get kicked out. He did not get kicked out. So that yeah. was all I was worried about. Cause I was like way more worried about my buddy who was also implicated than myself really. Mm -hmm. Cause like I always knew that I was going to have to go my own path to be an entrepreneur, to be a creator, whatever it was. 
Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a gift from the universe saying like, Kyle, here's a challenge. You can grow through it. And so I did. And um, yeah, now I look back on it as like a super positive experience. Yeah. Cause you could have really taken that in a different direction and just beat yourself up over Easy, it for dude. months. And like, that could have been, that could have been the end to a lot of great things, but you know, just that's one of those things where mindset is just the most important part, bro. Well, and then put yourself in my shoes at that time of like, all my friends are graduating college. All my friends' parents are asking me, yeah. Oh, what's up? What are you doing? You know, I didn't post on yeah, social man. media. I was like, I was low key. I was detailing uh, cars in my parents' garage, getting ready to go to yeah. Europe. Uh, and I went to Europe actually in that year and a half off from college. I saved up enough money to travel for three months in Europe and um, did that, did that whole thing. That was my first experience abroad. So the, this thing getting kicked out of college led me to some awesome travels to actually carve my own path and not be on this like pre cut out consulting business track, which is, yeah, man, you have to work hard, but like it's cut out for you. So if you just yeah, like, you can, you can see the whole, your whole future right in front of you. Yeah. 10 years, you can literally say, I'm going to be parking in that parking spot, walking into yes. this office. And that scares the fuck out of me, man. So. Yeah, man. I, I can relate to that on a million levels, bro. Like people do look down on you whenever you tell them like, Oh, I'm not doing the traditional route, man. Like, it, there, there is a lot of weight and you just got to be able to talk yourself out of Dude, like, you start to surround like, yourself with the right people though and then it's like oh you're doing something different cool like tell me more i know yeah yeah that the first time i talked to justin jarzomba he's a comedian he went to community college for two days and quit and i talked to him about that and i was like that was the first time i'd ever really talked to anyone who had like done something different and that that got me so fired up that like he did that too and yeah it's definitely fun talking to people who have like a similar story like that um but yeah, that, I think that that story is exactly why I remember I messaged you just because I was like, this guy's kind of been through something that I'm doing where you're not going the traditional path. But um, dude, we got to talk about jail now. You said you've been to jail twice. <laughs> I'm curious about that. <laughs> so yeah, um, after the first time I said to myself, I will never go back to jail again. There's no mm-hmm. chance I'm going to jail twice in my life. And, <laughs> and I did, dude. So fuck, I don't know how it happened. The first time I was 18 years old, uh, the darkest days of my life were high school for sure. I had yeah. incredibly negative relationships with my family, my brother, my sister. I was, uh, I had a lot of head injuries from sports. So I was a little bit, at least I attribute a lot of my, uh, irrationality and just impulsiveness to those head injuries. But also I was just an impulsive kid, really yeah. hard headed, stubborn kid. And, mm-hmm. um, that's clearly <laughs> had, had benefits and cons in my life. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, basically like I was playing music outside, hitting the bong. My dad came outside and was like, turn the music off. And I was like, no, I'm not turning the music off. So he pulls the um, cable from the music. Uh, I wasn't even playing it loud. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> he pulls the cable from the music and I just fucking, I just get so pissed. I'm like, well, are you fucking bullying me and this and that? My brother comes out uh, and him and my dad basically just like beat the shit out of me, like held me down on the ground and just fucking planted punch after punch to my head. I had bruises Damn. all over my head. I was fucked up. Um, at that time, my mom called the cops cause she was like worried that we were fighting and whatnot. I don't know mm-hmm. why calling the cops was the best solution, but that's what she did. Yeah. She left the phone on the ground. So the phone heard the audio from this, like met like three men going at it, like screaming, fighting so mm-hmm. much, just like banging, like just ho- horrible noises. So the cops showed yeah. up to the house basically under the impression that there was like some major domestic violence Um, Yeah, going on. And essentially I like ran away from the cops, punched the wall, punched the wall in my house like four or five times. I didn't really like punch a hole in the wall because it was kind of like a harder part of the wall, but I broke, I didn't even break my hand, broke my hand a different time, punching a door. I didn't break my hand, but I fucked up the wall and I hurt my hand. So then I came back Mm. in the house and my hand was hurting. I was upstairs. The cops were like downstairs and I they heard me up there, dude, this is kind of like, it's been a while. I was 18 years old. Yeah. <laughs> but cops came upstairs into the second floor of my house, knocked on the door to the bathroom. I said, if that's the cops, I swear to God. And I opened the door and they just slammed me on the ground, fucking knee in my back, yeah. pulling my arms back like this. And that was it. Uh, they said I resisted arrest and committed domestic violence for punching the wall. So I was put in, I was in the Issaquah city jail, uh, later that night. Um, 
And dude, yeah, it was, it was a pretty wild experience. Like first time, like seeing inside of the, the legal system and just like how it works. Like I got beat up by my brother, my dad, and I ended up in jail. They were the victims on the police report just because I was 18. So they were oh. like, um, yeah, nice little wake up call for this like Mercer Island privileged white kid. They, they probably got yeah. kicked out of it. Um, and then, yeah, so I, some, I don't know. Some interesting stories in there, just like the people you talk to, dude, in jail. It's like you're not going to talk to these people outside of jail, like heroin addicts and people that have done all sorts of different stuff. And I have a lot yeah. of empathy for people that gets caught up in the legal system because I think a lot of the times, like people mean well, they make mistakes, they drive with a suspended license. That's the number one reason people go to jail is because they drive with a suspended license because they missed a court date for a speeding ticket or a parking ticket, and then oh, no. they get pulled over, and then boom, they lose their job because they're in jail, and their employer's like, "What well, the fuck are you doing in jail?" they can't pay their rent. Now they're delinquent on their mortgage or their, or their lease or whatever. So there's, there's yeah. like this whole system that just is set up to fuck people. If you get super stuck hard in. to navigate for sure. dude. Yeah. And I had like rich parents. So it was like, okay, we're just going to like pay for a lawyer and deal with this. And so that's how I've gotten out of jail both times. Um, the second yeah. time <laughs> you want to hear the second one? Totally. bro. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I could do a whole podcast on this one, but I was at a bar, hammered, pretty much blacked out. Um, yeah. Junior year in college, 21 years old. The, the night before, I was going to go back to Notre Dame to do my last uh, semester of junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get in a fight with two guys at the bar. It's a two-on-one fight. They they beat me up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like a sprained thumb at the time, so I wasn't able to like really defend myself. I just remember being like held down, kind of in the middle of a packed bar and just taking shots. Um, I get out of there. One of my buddies kind of like helps me get out of the fight. I immediately am like, fuck that. I'm calling the cops. And my friend's like, dude, don't call the cops. Don't call the cops, whatever you do. And honestly, if you're ever in a situation like that, don't call the cops. Just get the fuck out of there. If you're safe, mm-hmm. you're good. So just like get yeah. out of there. Deal with the legal stuff tomorrow when it's not 3 a.m. Um, yeah. So I call the cops. They show up and they're just basically telling me to like leave the situation. They're like, get out of here. Like, we don't want to, you know, you're just a drunk kid. Like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm pissed. I'm like, yo, like these guys just beat me up in the bar. They're right in there. You guys are just going to like not do anything about it. So I pick up the phone. I call my mom. My brother picks up the phone, but he's on, maybe puts me on speaker. Um, and I just start going, yeah, officer, this like reading off his name, like isn't helping They're Like I'm trying to get help. These officers are not doing anything. Uh, and they just slammed me on the ground, dude. I did nothing to provoke them arresting uh. me. It was <laughs> such an incredibly illegal arrest the way they did it they smashed mm. my tooth i chipped my tooth um, oh no ripped up my shirt just like really fucking fucked me up after i had just been injured i had a concussion again in like those vulnerable moments dude the cops are not there to protect us like they don't know yeah. how to handle it so um jail for three days that time and friday to monday basically that was like just a crazy experience i almost got raped the second night um oh no which was pretty fucked up like yeah they they put me in this like medical ward so like normally you're in like a room with like 18 or 20 guys and like a room as big as this one maybe like 20 30 20 by 30 i don't know 30 30 by 25 feet um yeah one bathroom one shower just everyone's on cots kind of like there's some guys playing cards there's a little tiny tv i ended up watching the uh the seahawks minnesota vikings football game in there yeah (laughs) It it was the game when the minnesota vikings kicker missed the easy game winning point after to I remember that, that I the remember Seahawks that. won and dude, hilarious little side stories like these guys in jail they'll gamble their meals because that's all they have so they'll yeah. literally like one guy's like all right I'm eating two dinners tonight if, if we win this bet and the other guy's that's like so funny <laughs> yeah so I saw like the inside of, of jail which was like really fascinating and um changes your perspective yeah and so I got put in this medical ward basically like because I had the concussions from the head injury in my lawyer actually was like yo you guys haven't taken him to the hospital like they said i was fine but i was having like pretty serious headaches and i was worried that i might have a brain bleed or something like that yeah Uh, and so i was in this like room with like three there's me and two other guys and just all night they were like oh like they were just making these like really fucked up sexual remarks about like coming and like fucking me in the ass and like like doing all this fucked Uh, up shit and i was like yeah literally just laying there with my fists clenched like all night just like ready to defend myself because i was like these like one of the guys was really a fucking scary looking dude and the other guy they were just both like kind of joking about calling me sweet cheeks and stuff like that Uh, um it was fucked up dude it was a crazy experience but Got out of there, lived to tell another, I guess moved on with my life, but 
they they said I assaulted a cop. Uh, they said oh, I like they said I like God. they said I touched a cop, which I I did not. Uh, my buddy was there, watched the whole thing, said that never happened. But um, yeah, dude, I don't know. Just with this like police brutality stuff recently. Um, I think there, I think there's a lot of big issues that this country faces. And for me to see like, that's how they treated like a, a privileged white kid. I can only imagine dude, like how, yeah, someone who, you know, uh, a black dude getting arrested, they're going to potentially be like way more harsh and like to not have a family and privilege to get you out of that situation. It just, it like just a lawyer sucks so and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot that can be improved in our legal system. That's for sure. For sure, I heard I heard Joe Rogan say once um, he loves he loves to hear success stories, but his favorite stories are stories where someone is really down in the dumps, like messes their life up or does something really bad, and then comes out of it eventually. I feel like that's a super good example. Where like I'm sure in those times you felt like what is going on with my life, and now here here you are like doing you know what you love, pursuing something, and you have this totally changed perspective. It's Super crazy, cool. man. Like those moments, like you'd have no idea what it's, what it's even like to be in a good mental state. You know, you're just fucking mm-hmm. in the pits of despair. So yeah. yeah, to to look back on those moments for me is it's cool. I mean, there's a ton more growth that I want to get, um, but yeah, man. just recognizing that uh, and patting myself on the back for just not being in jail, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And now it's like whenever you have more hardships in your life, like as long as they're not as bad as that, you're like, okay, they're not as bad as that. And it's like easier to handle then, you know, because you have the perspective. Keeping perspective is huge. Matthew and I were just talking about that, like gratitude, like two things. One, my mom always says, and this is, you can use this anytime something shitty happens, Mm. bad things happen so that worse things don't happen. Whatever it is, like you can usually apply that. Like there's always going to be something worse that could have happened. Um, and there was another thing I was going to say that I now forgot. So that's it. Yeah, man, I, I definitely like I've had some some pretty hard times. Like I, I got into stock trading and like freaked out about losing a bunch of money. And mm. like I had the same situation where I was like, what am I going to do about this? But then I hear stories like that or just like other stories about people's lives. And I'm like, OK, like how, how dare I complain about that when it's like these things can that can happen as well. And I think. I think I think young people in general should just mentally prepare like there's going to be times like that where you're like how am I going to get out of this but I look back on my life and I've gotten through all of the the hardships I've experienced so far so it's like why not another Heck 50 yeah, years of them you know <laughs> so you got to just look at it like just as positive as you possibly can bro it's so hard though Heck yeah, man. That's losing money is one of the most frustrating ones for sure like just oh, losing a big, big chunk of money that you worked really hard for mm-hmm. Painful. Painful. Like the, the feeling when it's like you think you're about to enter financial despair. You're like, no, <laughs> it sucks. But um, yeah, dude, on a, that was super fun hour, to be honest. Like, dude, yeah, thanks for stories, listening bro. to me just talk about going to jail and getting arrested. And no, it's great stories. I, I think it provides people with a lot of perspective, bro. It's super cool. And honestly, just like knowing you now, it's so cool that you've like turned into this and you do everything you do despite like you know, ever, ever like society pinning you as like a failure when you dropped out of college or got kicked out of college, you know? So I think it's just a super cool story. I did. I didn't even know that about you. So it's super cool that I know that now. Dude, appreciate um, the opportunity to tell it. Hopefully uh, it made any type of sense. And it did, bro. It did. Right, it was a great right. story. <laughs> um, but I think the last things I have on my list here. Um, oh yeah. I was going to ask you this. Where, where do you see yourself or your, just like uh, media output, just anything about you. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself a little bit less in the trading time for money as a creator world and uh, mm-hmm. more in the how can I build, uh, whether it's revenue streams or value in businesses. I'm just like, I'm more obsessed by the idea of having impact than um, creating beautiful pictures or mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I love storytelling. I think it's super powerful, but how can I apply the passion for storytelling with my other interests in building businesses in uh, helping the environment? Something that I've been yeah, super dude. focused on recently is um, the old growth logging up in British Columbia. I just did a podcast saw that. on adventure. I, I watched that clip. Yeah, dude, it's crazy what's going on up there and I uh, mm-hmm. feel really convicted to try and help out. So potentially going up there in two weeks, if they open the Canadian border and, um, just trying to get involved where I can, uh, as a creator, you have these skills that many people don't have. Like I can make a video that would cost thousands of dollars. And I just did, um, 
for a nonprofit organization for free, 100% free. So I want to keep being able to do that. I never want to be like 100% focused on making money. I want to get to a place where I'm uh, financially able to support myself, yeah. but then allocate extra time to causes that I care about, as well as just like be there for whoever's in my family. If I have kids one day, or if I, um, you know, I want to be able to to just enjoy this ride, man. It's not yeah, all I mean, totally. About I can relate money. to that so. I can relate to that so much. I feel like right now my my first step with music is like get it paying me, and then once it's paying me, it's like there's so like I have this vision for like being more of an impact than just like on my own financial status, you know, cause that gets boring after a while. And so, yeah, dude, there's like having a grander vision for yourself where there's more impact involved. I think is like, I think why a lot of people succeed is cause I have a solid vision for that. So I'm Heck excited, yeah, bro. I'm excited. Yeah. And also um, just like, just man, like being happy is like a big enough win. Like dude, just getting by, if you're an artist and you're getting by, you're supporting yourself doing your art, like that's a win. Like yeah, you're not totally, I feel super successful for where I'm at, but like mm-hmm. compare myself to other people. It's like, obviously I'm like entry level one, but mm-hmm. uh, I think what I've been really like landing on recently is I hope that every day of the rest of my life, I wake up feeling like I'm on the right path. I don't know how, you know, successful financially, or if my films are going to win film mm-hmm. festivals, I would love that. But if I feel like, okay, I'm going the right direction, I'm not out of alignment with what my soul and what my my heart are really driving me towards, then it's all good. And and like the stuff, the challenges and the suffering that come along with that, they're not even that bad because you have a purpose that drives you through it. So that's kind of, if I can wake up in 10 years from now and feel that same feeling that I feel today, that'll be a victory. Big dub, dude. Um, what a great way to end, bro. So just like plug your stuff. Like what do you got coming up? Just throw out your social media. I appreciate you, man. Uh, yeah, it's at adventure underscore creator. Um, we're trying to host more symphony clubhouse calls. I think that's a cool way to build community. There's yeah. a group of 10, 12, 20 of us somewhere in there. Just of people that pop into these rooms and share their perspectives on different topics. We pick a new topic and talk about it. We do the Monday podcast. Um, I made a film called still skiing, uh, and still like one of the most, the cooler pieces of content that I've created. It's 11 minutes about my two friends that are ski bums. That's on my website at kylehuber.com. So yeah, I'm just trying to, um, trying to keep my head down, man, and just keep working. I think something that you said early in the conversation is like, you don't need to be putting out content or uh, consistent content or basing mm-hmm. your success off of like the content that you're putting out. It's more yeah. for me of like, building relationships with the people I work for. I work at a company called Creative Live um, and getting to work more with the CEO, Chase Jarvis, as well as my boss, her name's Nasa, incredibly talented creators and uh, feel super fortunate to be able to glean wisdom and lessons and learn from them. So we're working on a little K-Swiss video right now, um, which has been cool because it's, uh, I'm actually not editing it, Nasa is, but just kind of like seeing how a bigger production like that comes together where we're making like a main video or two and then other photo content, video content, creative little like gifs and boomerangs and stuff like that. And just uh, continuing to like hone the the creative skill set uh, through the, through the work I'm doing uh, is just kind of like kind of where I'm at mentally. So, man, I appreciate so much uh, you having me on here, bro. You were awesome on my podcast. I hope something I said was interesting to your audience. Um, <laughs> no, definitely dude. That, those were some great stories. I'm excited to put this one out for sure. Um, Hell yeah, bro. but, um, yeah, dude, thank you for coming on. This is super exciting. Um, yeah, sweet, dude, dude. Brian, bro. Appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, we'll stay connected for sure. I'm excited to see where, where this, uh, tree continues to grow towards for sure, bro. Alrighty guys, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, definitely, honestly, one of the best so far. He's really good at storytelling. I think that's one of his strengths as a human being. And so, you know, I'm blessed. I got to tap into that side of him on the pod. Um, my announcement that you've probably been thinking about this entire episode. Uh, this this podcast is going to be an every week thing starting in the month of July. Um, I think I just, I see, I see the progress in myself and I see where this could go. And I think it's just important that I double down on it. So uh, shout out Kyle Huber, actually, for, for being the one to get me into podcasting and uh, initially made me start this. And now I'm doing it every week. So thanks, Kyle. Um, but yeah, definitely go check out Kyle's socials. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, 
go check out his network definitely a cool place to learn and grow and um yeah hope you guys uh hope you guys are chilling hope you guys are having a good summer so far i know i am i got a lot of songs coming out next month guys a lot of songs and they're getting really good and i'm getting some labels to to hit me up i'm i'm getting some bigger names to be curious in my music which is all super exciting you know like a long time ago this was just a dream and now it's kind of like it's happening it's slowly happening still work my jobs i hate them but you know what it's a process gotta get there somehow but guys thanks for uh thanks for listening and stay tuned for next episode peace